People don't always put their hand up and say, I need help because people are so afraid they'll be discriminated against. So we just have to make it there and available and easy to use so that everybody can have the same experience with the technology. And you can't have an inclusive workplace without handling this. So really, that was a defining moment for me where digital inclusion became front and center in everything that I do for myself and my teams, because we realized that we had to do a better job. Today, I had a chance to chat with Allison Hudson, CIO of Enterprise Workforce Solutions at Prudential Financial. Allison, a DWG member, is a technology executive who's been driving the use of technology to new highs, enabling and upskilling, reskilling, employee growth, organizational agility, and talent through a long list of industry-leading digital workplace transformations, uh, including the work that's underway at Prudential. Importantly, Allison is also a visible and passionate champion for accessible technology, along with enhanced and inclusive employee experiences. In fact, earlier this year, Allison was celebrated for her work in this area by an organization called EWOW, where Allison was named a finalist of their 2022 Global Awards for Diversity and Cultural Leadership. And this is an organization that is all about empowering and celebrating women of the world. As part of our conversation, you'll hear about how and why Allison and team have made digital inclusion a core part of their digital workplace agenda, areas of progress to date, of course, it's always important to complement that with some of the core challenges and what's needed next. Along the way, Allison will share some advice and insights for others on the shared journey, whether at the start or looking to accelerate efforts. I thought it was important to introduce Allison as part of DWG's series of activities designed to increase focus and attention around digital inclusion. Later this fall, you'll be hearing about DWG's new research entitled The Inclusive Ethical Digital Workplace, How to Promote Accessible, Diverse, and Inclusive Experiences. Why now? Well, heightened awareness of issues related to diversity, inclusion, belonging, the climate crisis, digital overload, they're all bringing new focus to the nature of our digital workplaces and how we deliver them. Previously thought about as nice-to-haves, these areas are now truly in the spotlight, and it's about time. And so promoting accessibility and access for all, fostering cultures where uh, psychological safety and belonging and minimizing digital clutter and ensuring that platforms and practices are all based on strong ethical standards are really central to where digital workplaces need to be. And so uh, Shimmy Jaynes, who's the author of this research and DWG's Director of Knowledge, will be looking at approaches to promote accessible, diverse, and inclusive digital workplace experiences that really do foster the flourishing and well-being of all employees. 
And as always, this research will share a mix of real world examples and practical advice to digital workplace leaders, their teams, and of course, the stakeholders with whom they work day to day. In the meantime, join me now in conversation with Allison Hudson. Happy listening. Allison, welcome to the Digital Workplace Impact Studio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. And I'm equally excited to have a chance to catch up with you. Of course, we've had a long history together um, through Prudential Financial, but I'm really curious to dip into some of your current priorities and challenges, and then we can branch out our conversation from there. Sounds good. One of the top priorities that I'm supporting right now is how to support our employees anytime, any place in support of our new hybrid work environment. As part of this, we have to be able to connect our fragmented experiences across our key employee facing systems in an inclusive and accessible way. I have to say that the idea of digital inclusion is one that is really getting a lot of focus inside of not only other DWG member organizations, but our wider industry circles as well. So I'm really keen to drill down on this particular area with you. And tell me a little bit about what you think that looks like, an inclusive digital workplace. And um, we can delve into how you're bringing that into its next natural evolution to support your employees at large. Absolutely. An inclusive digital workplace to me is one where our employees can easily connect to the information they need when and where they need it and on any device. It's to guide employees on the things they need to know, help them to seamlessly navigate their way around a really complex organization, and honestly, to remove the barriers to productivity. It's got to be accessible. It's got to use inclusive language. Ultimately, nobody's left out. Inclusivity, in my mind, is all or nothing. You can't claim to be inclusive if anybody's left out. And I think you've hit on an important point because digital inclusion is not uniquely about accessibility. It's thinking about the entire experience end-to-end to to ensure that employees feel as though um, they can be engaged and immersed and productive in their workplace presence day-to-day. And so thinking about this important area inside of organizations. I guess one of the things that I'm curious to know is whether there's any sort of internal transformation that was required around the organization's values, beliefs, behaviors, in order to help make digital inclusivity a priority part of the digital workplace agenda. Yeah, for me personally, I'm not sure that I would say I went through an internal transformation per se. DEI for me has always been a focus. I would say, though, that becoming embedded in taking a company through becoming WeCat compliant was an eye-opener for me. Many companies look at the accessibility from a technology perspective as, as a risk issue. No one wants to find their company on the front page of the news. That's devastating to your brand. But as I was going through this journey, It didn't take me long to start to ask questions about why are companies only focused on externally facing properties? What about our internal employees, our candidates that want to work for us? 
Some of the learnings that I had during this journey were astonishing. Did you know, according to the CDC, 61 million adults, that's 26% or one in four in the United States have some type of disability. Now think about the meetings that you're on every day. There's someone in that room, at least one to two, that are suffering from some type of disability. It was mind-blowing to me. So through that journey, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to partner with organizations, and they provided a lot of consulting and education and services around digital accessibility. And through that, we hosted some empathy labs. And the empathy labs provided opportunities for all of us to interact with different assistive technologies. They also introduced techniques that allowed us to be in the shoes of people who were differently able than ourselves. And once you experience what that life was like and how to navigate the technology and the things that people had to go through, it really amplified the fact that accessibility around technology really had to be promoted. And you can't have an inclusive workplace without handling this. So really, that was a defining moment for me where digital inclusion became front and center in everything that I do for myself and my teams, because we realized that we had to do a better job. People don't always put their hand up and say, I need help because people are so afraid they'll be discriminated against. So we just have to make it there and available and easy to use so that everybody can have the same experience with the technology. Mm -hmm. And just looking at your team for a moment in particular, you, you talked about the role and value of these empathy labs as a way of really helping to put digital inclusion at the heart of the work that's undertaken. What other sorts of training or focus was required to ensure that the team is thinking about this, almost building new muscle in order to incorporate digital inclusion into every aspect of what they do day to day? Yeah, there's a lot of training that's available. It's it's design. It's how to develop accessible code. It's how to test for accessibility. There's tools that you can leverage, but some of it is actually really just understanding and being able to test yourself and then bringing people with different abilities in to test with you. We've got a lot of work ahead of us, but we're making progress and we're embedding new approaches daily. There's a few areas in particular that I want to talk about. So one of the things we're doing right now is we're accessibility testing all of our technology with every sprint and release. This includes our technology that we're developing as well as technology that we purchased, prioritizing any findings so that they're addressed immediately, quickly, in a timely fashion. And we're also partnering with our vendors to do the same. So we're still testing for accessibility on products that we're buying as well as products that we're creating. And if we have findings, we're sending them out to our partners to make sure that they're prioritizing the findings as well. We've also started to add accessibility questions into all of our RFPs. It's astonishing how many people, particularly technology companies that are focused on internal facing technology, some don't even know what WCAG is. So for us, that's a deal breaker. So we're adding that language in right at the beginning of the RFP process. And if we have a vendor who either isn't compliant, doesn't have a roadmap to get compliant, or says, what's that? They're eliminated right out of the gate. So that's allowing us to prioritize these requirements really from the very first step of evaluation. We're also holding firm on contracting language around accessibility. And I know we talk a lot about accessibility here, but it's really not the only area that we're focused on around digital inclusion. We're also piloting some tools that are assisting us to ensure job descriptions. 
are using inclusive language. The beauty of tools like that is while we're learning to write inclusive job descriptions, we're also learning how to write and speak using inclusive language, point stop. So those are the, those moments that really are magical because you're really helping people to think differently about the language they use, the vocabulary that they use and how they're communicating with other people in a more inclusive way. And even, you know, in, um, Unexpected ways, you know, you're starting to see organizations introduce iconography that is more inclusive as well. And so tackling all of these things are critically important to create a space where everyone feels they can bring themselves to work as whole individuals because the um, attributes and thinking that we all bring together is is the strength of the organization when you bring it all together. And so I'm I'm pleased to hear that um you are in good company these days with many others holding vendor partners in particular for those with best of breed strategies to a whole new set of standards not just from an employee experience point of view but also from a digital inclusion standpoint. Um thinking about relationships with vendor partners, what were some of the biggest challenges that you saw in putting this discussion on the table? We do get a lot of pushback from some of our vendors that they just haven't tackled it yet and they're not sure where to start. So you always get a little bit of pushback. Um, We just find that educating, sticking to finding a way to meet people in the middle and just help them understand the importance of this. So we've, we're making progress. Not all vendors are at the same level. We've had some huge successes. We had one vendor who has bent over backwards to take care of their findings. They were um, appreciative. They actually thanked us. You know, they thought they had done a good job. They asked us to share our findings. And, you know, their response back was, thank you for helping us make our product better, not just for Prudential, but for all of our customers. So I think it's a journey, and you'll find the vendors are – all over the place on the journey, just like most companies are. And most will start to work with you. We've had very few that have just flat out refused. And so I think, you know, a step from what I'm hearing you say is having the confidence to broach the conversation, to then make it a partnership effort, to then also ensure that there are progressive steps that are being taken and to share that story so that there's a wider awareness that this is a priority for the organization and that you're surrounding yourself with the partner organizations that can help support and enable that agenda over time. And so you you mentioned that, uh, of course, digital inclusion is not uniquely about um, accessibility and that you're taking progressive steps along a number of different paths. What are some of the additional areas that you, you long to see deeper progress around achieving an inclusive digital workplace? Honestly, we just have so much work in front of us. You know, most of us are in very early stages in this journey. We really need to just remain focused on keeping these topics front and center. We've got to continue to educate and influence others, you know, where you can keep this front and center. you got to celebrate your wins. Every single win you have is a step forward. So you have to make sure to take the time to track your progress and remember that every step forward has a positive impact and just keep working on it. You're not going to get there overnight. 
but you can make huge differences every single day. And what's your best advice, Allison, around ensuring that inclusivity doesn't fall down the strategic priority list, especially as organizations are starting to think about tightening budgets. We know that there are lots of uh, economic pressures out there. And, you know, in years past, um, there have been um, some challenges about, you know, taking the extra steps to do user testing and user research, broadly speaking. Um, and then accessibility and other aspects of digital inclusion have been under pressure as part of that uh, when previous belt tightening has happened. So I don't think of inclusivity through that lens at all, right? It needs to become part of your DNA. The idea is that if you design and develop accessible and inclusive technology out of the gate, there really is no additional cost to remediate it. It's sort of like security. It would never compromise security to save money. So if you think about accessibility and inclusivity, it needs to be looked at through that same type of lens. If you embed the practices to get it right the first time, there really isn't an additional cost in doing this. So accessible technology doesn't only benefit people with disabilities, it actually benefits every user, it provides a better experience for everyone. So I would challenge not to look at it through that lens and look at it through the lens of how do we just embed this into our everyday and I'm so glad to hear you say that, Allison, because um, we do know that there'll be different pressure points going forward, and there are just some must-dos, must-haves in our digital transformation agendas, and we know that the pace of change is only going to intensify. And um, when we look at the fact that there is... Um, a long-term stay around the hybrid workplace, and there is a shortage of talent out there, providing the opportunities for the widest pool of talent is critically important, and then ensuring that that workforce is one that is empowered and enabled and successfully supporting the agenda of the organization at the same time as achieving um, you know, personal motivation and accomplishment and and success is important as well. And digital inclusion is is at the heart of helping to support that. I could not agree more. And so for those listeners who are at the start of thinking about digital inclusion as part of their digital workplace agendas or are looking to accelerate their efforts around this, what sort of advice would you want to share? So I would start by saying you have to internalize the understanding of technology being for everyone. And then you have to design and develop digital experiences with that always top of mind. Only then can you start to make sure you're really including all of your users. Don't try to do it all at once. It will be a daunting task. Start with anything new, new technology you're purchasing, new technology that you're creating, Start with saying we're not going to let anything else leave our development plate or our implementation plate that isn't WCAG compliant. So if we start there, you stop the bleeding. And then you can leverage your contract renewals to include accessibility language. So if you've got contracts that you've had for a long time where you didn't have accessibility language, contract renewals are a great opportunity to bring those up and start to influence your vendors to work with you. And sometimes you can even negotiate financial penalties for noncompliance. We've been able to do that with a handful of our vendors. 
then you can start to look backwards and prioritize the technology that touches your employees the most or has the most impact and start there. And then little by little through prioritization, some things will age off. Some, you know, you'll, you'll make those risk-based decisions on where you want to invest your time. And then the last thing that I think is the most important is this is not solely a technology problem. This is not something technology is going to solve on its own. You have to also think about the places. Where is content being published in your organization? Making sure you're training your users around everyday documents to make them accessible. Things like Word, PowerPoint, Excel, how to conduct inclusive meetings or accessible meetings, turning on closed cap captioning, having interpreters. This is everyone's problem to solve. And until we all embrace that, we won't be able to solve it. Well, Allison, I have to say, you know, hearing the focus, the passion, the progressive steps that you and your team have taken and that you're imparting as advice to others is nothing short of inspiring. I know we're in our final moments together. Is there anything you were hoping I'd ask for and didn't as part of this conversation? It's your chance to spotlight something else that you think is important for our listener base to hear, to think about, to take as a call to action. Actually, my question is one for you instead. What steps are you going to take to ensure that this podcast is accessible? Well, we already uh, do have a focus on ensuring that uh, by virtue of um, how we produce transcripts to allow people to be able to take on our content um, in, in written word, um, should they wish to do so. Um, of course, all of our imagery um, has its appropriate alt tags along the way. And then um, we do take a wide view of the kinds of studio guests that we bring into the mix so that we are ensuring that much like the workplaces that digital workplace teams are supporting, that we are bringing a wide set of views and conversations to the table, including this one. You can't see me smiling right now, but I'm smiling. <laughs> well, that's terrific. And I appreciate that you pivoted. That's the first time someone's actually done that with me. So uh, the challenge was <laughs> one that made me smile, and I, uh, I'm uh, just loving that. So with that, Allison, any parting reflections or advice, whether it's for digital workplace leaders, practitioners, or others in our wider industry circles? Start today. Make progress every day. Ask questions. This is new territory. Challenge mindsets and seek help. And most of all, just lead by example. That's a great way to tie this conversation all together. Allison, it's just been delightful having a chance to catch up with you with the backdrop of a very important topic of conversation. And we certainly look forward to following your journey day to day through our member circles and more. Hope you have a great rest of the day. And of course, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. It's been wonderful to be here. Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by the Digital Workplace Group. DWG is a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. you got to celebrate your wins. Every single win you have is a step forward, so you have to make sure to take the time to track your progress. And remember that every step forward has a positive impact. And just keep working on it. 
You're not going to get there overnight, but you can make huge differences every single day.